Hi, I'm Alyssa Milano, and this is Sorry Not Sorry. On the same day, Donald Trump's regime ordered the National Guard to violently clear several city blocks with tear gas and rubber bullets so that he, surrounded by Secret Service, police and military, could take a walk to a church for a photo op before scurrying back to hide in his bunker. The temporary occupant of the White House had a phone call with governors. And get this, he called them weak. We all know Trump is the weakest, most insecure narcissist in America. But this call underscores just how horrible, how unfit, and how dangerous he is. It's presented here, unedited, in its entirety. The situation going on. It shouldn't be hard to take care of, and we're going to take care of it. And we've uh, got a number of people here that you'll be seeing a lot of. General Milley is here who's head of Joint Chiefs of Staff, a fighter, a warrior, had a lot of victories, had no losses. And he hates to see the way it's being handled in the various states, and I've just put him in charge. Uh, the Attorney General is here, right here, Bill Barr. And we will uh, activate Bill Barr and activate him very strongly. Uh, we're strongly at Secretary of Defense is here. We're strongly looking... For arrests, well, you have to get much tougher. You're going to get overridden. Uh, I know Governor Walz is on the phone, and, and we spoke. And uh, I fully agree with the way he handled it the last couple of days. I asked him to do that. Get a lot of men. We have all the men and women that you need. But people aren't calling them up. You have to dominate. If you don't dominate, you're wasting your time. They're going to run over you. You're going to look like a bunch of jerks. You have to dominate, and you have to arrest people, and you have to try people, and they have to go to jail for long periods of time. I saw what happened in Philadelphia. I saw what happened in Dallas where they kicked a guy to death. I don't know if he died or not, but if he didn't, it's a, it's a miracle what they did to him. They were kicking him like I've never seen anything like it in my life. People don't talk about that. They don't talk about that. They're talking about... Uh, a lot of other things, but they don't talk about that. But I saw what happened in Dallas. And those kids, they're all on camera. They're wise guys. And it's coming from the radical left. You know it. Everybody knows it. But it's also looters. And it's people that figure they can get free stuff by running into stores and running out with television sets. I saw it. The kid has a, a lot of stuff. He puts it in the back of a brand new car and drives off. You have every one of these guys on uh, tape. Why, why aren't you prosecuting them? Now, the harder you are, the tougher you are, the less likely it is that you're going to be hit. There's a movement. We found out they're delivering supplies to various places in various states. Your people know about it now. But we found out many things. It's like a movement. And it's a movement that if you don't put it down, it'll get worse and worse. This is like Occupy Wall Street. It was a disaster. Until one day somebody said, that's enough. And they just went in and wiped them out. And the last time I heard the name Occupied Wall Street, 
until today when I heard about it. I heard occupied Wall Street. I haven't heard about it. I heard about it today for the first time in a long time. They were there for forever, it seemed, on Wall Street. They closed up Wall Street, the financial district of the world, and they had total domination. They were ordering pizzas. They were, nobody did anything. And then one day, somebody said, that's enough. You get in out of here within two hours. And it was, a, it was bedlam for an hour. And then after that, everything was beautiful. And that was the last time we heard about it. But these are the same people. These are radicals and they're, uh, they're anarchists. They're anarchists, whether you like it or not. I know some of you guys are different persuasion, and that's okay. I fully understand it. I understand both. I'm, I'm for everybody. I'm representing everybody. I'm not representing radical right, radical left. I'm representing everybody. But you have to know what you're dealing with. And, and it's happened before. It's happened numerous times. And the only time it's successful is when you're weak. And most of you are weak. And I will say this, what's going on in Los Angeles, I have a friend who lives in Los Angeles, they say all the storefronts are gone. They're all broken and gone. The merchandise is gone. It's a shame. I, it didn't look as bad as that to me. Maybe it was the sunshine. I don't know. But in Los Angeles, the storefronts are gone. Philadelphia's a mess. Philadelphia, what happened there is horrible. And that was on television. They're breaking into stores and... Nobody showed up to even stop them. There was no, nobody showed up to stop them. Now, Washington, they had large groups, very large groups. They attacked the AFL-CIO building. So they attacked, in theory, their friends, which is very interesting. But Washington was under good, very good control. But we're going to have it under much more control. We're pouring in, we're going to pull in thousands of people. We were under guard of the uh, the D.C. police, the mayor, the mayor of Washington D.C. That Secret Service did a very good job around the White House, but their their sole their primary function is around the White House. But and we're going to clamp down very very strong. But you got to arrest people. You have to try people. You have to put them in jail for ten years, and you'll never see this stuff again. And you have to let them know that uh, they're trying to get people out on bail. In uh, in uh, Minneapolis, I understand they're in there trying to get all these guys out on bail. So you have them on tape, you have them on television. In history, there's never been anybody taped so much committing a crime. You have these guys throwing rocks. Yeah, you can see if they, they show they showed it last night on one of the stations on one of the networks throwing a big brick, and they had them in slow motion, slow motion. Replay. They put them like it's like a fielder catching a ball or throwing a ball. They have them in slow motion replay. You see exactly who he is. Everybody knows. You'll find out exactly. You have everybody is on tape. You got to arrest all those people, and you got to try them. And if they get five years or ten years, they have to get five years or ten years. There's no retribution. So I say that, and the winners dominate. If you don't dominate your city and your state. Uh, they're going to walk away with you. And we're doing it in Washington and D.C. We're going to do something that uh, people haven't seen before. But uh, you're going to have total domination. And then you have to put them in jail, and you have to authorize whatever it is, whoever it is you authorize. And with that, I'll let Bill Barr say a few words, and I'm going to have General Millie speak. Let's go, Bill. 
Well, I know situations vary around the country, but it seems that some of the common dimensions are we have the normal protesters, you have opportunistic people like looters, but in many places, if not most places, you have this ingredient of uh, extremist, anarchist-type agitators who are driving the violence. Law enforcement response is not going to work unless we dominate the streets, as the president said. We have to control the streets. If we treat these as demonstrations, the police are pinned back, guarding places, and don't have the dynamic ability to go out and arrest the troublemakers. They're just standing in a line watching the events. Then when they disperse the crowds, the crowds go running off in different directions and create havoc, going looting and other things. We have to control the crowds and not react to what's happening on the street. And that requires a strong presence. In many places, we think it will require the National Guard. And when there's a strong presence, not just an adequate presence to defend buildings, but a strong presence to, presence to control the crowd, things are quieting down, as in Minneapolis. Some places may not require the National Guard. I, I think that New Jersey so far has been doing a, a very good job with the state police and the New York police. Uh, and, and we'll see what happens there. But the key is you have to have adequate force. That frees up law enforcement, including federal law enforcement, working with your, your state and local law enforcement, to be more dynamic and to go after the troublemakers, to go after the guys who are peddling the bricks and the Molotov cocktails. The very few people are running around lighting fires. They have to be taken off the streets and arrested in process. The structure we're going to use is the Joint Terrorist Task Force, which I know most of you are familiar with. It's a tried and true system. It's worked for domestic homegrown terrorists, and we're going to apply that model. It already integrates your state and local people, and it's intelligence-driven, and it, it will go operational. That's We want to lean forward and charge federally anyone who violates a federal law in connection with this rioting. But we need to have people in control of the streets so we can go out and work with law enforcement, state and local law enforcement, to identify these people in the crowds, isolate them, and pull them out and prosecute them. So the best example, I, I alluded to it a couple of seconds ago, is Minneapolis. It was incredible what happened in the state of Minnesota. They were a, a laughing stock all over the world. They took over the police department. The police were running down the street, sirens blazing, the rest of them running. It was on camera. And then they wiped out. You probably have to build a new one, but I've never seen anything like it. And, and the whole world was laughing. Two days, three days later, I spoke to the governor. The governor's, I think, on the call, and he, he's an excellent guy. And all of a sudden, and I said, you got to use the National Guard in big numbers. They didn't at first, then they did. And I'll tell you that, I don't know what it was. It was governor, it was the third night, fourth night. Those guys walked through that stuff like it was butter. They walked right through. And you haven't had any problems since. I mean, they know. They're not going to go there. Now they'll go to some other place. But once you called out and you dominated, you took the worst place and you made it. They didn't even cover it last night because there was so little action. Because you dominated. You dominated. Now, what happens in New York, I have to tell you, I live in Manhattan. 
what's going on in Manhattan. I have no idea. New York's finest. They're going to be allowed maybe to do their jobs. I don't know what's happening in Manhattan, but it's terrible. And because it's New York, because it's Manhattan, it gets a lot of press. So they, they really spend a lot of time on it. But New York has got to have to toughen up. And we'll send you National Guard if you want. You have the largest police force in the country, 40,000 people, I understand. But what's going on in New York is terrible. It's terrible. Of all the places. What went on last night in Los Angeles with the stores and the storefronts is terrible. No domination. You have to dominate. Yeah, go ahead, Bill. Something the president said uh, reminded me. The reason, you know, we have to control the streets is not just to bring peace to that town, but to give us the opportunity to get the bad actors, because they are going to go elsewhere. We're picking up information that when they run into a tough nut with a strong police force and National Guard, they're looking for secondary targets in cities where they can go and overwhelm the local police forces. So in several of your states, you know, that's what we're hearing. Uh, so that's why it's so imperative. We can't like lock them all these people. We have to take out the professional instigators and the leadership group. And the way to do that is to start with a strong statement in the major cities. If you're weak and don't dominate your streets, they're going to stay with you until you finally do it. And you don't want that. Philadelphia, you better toughen up because what's going on in Philadelphia, like New York, is terrible. It's terrible. You better toughen up. They'll never leave. I know you want to say, oh, let's not call up the Guard, or let's call up 200 people. You've got a big National Guard out there that's ready to come in and fight like hell. I tell you, the best, what they did in Minneapolis was incredible. They, they went in and dominated. And it happened immediately. All of a sudden, my wife said to me, wow, look at all those people. They got out, they were wearing dark black uniforms. They got out, and they got out, and they were there in the thousands. And they just walked right down the street, knocking them out with tear gas, tear gas. Those guys, they were running. And the next night, it was much less. And then the next night, it's like, you know what happened? They went to other cities. They're all looking for weak spots. Now what they're going to do is they're going to search out for perhaps smaller cities, smaller places. you got to arrest these people. you got to arrest these people. And you got to charge them. And you can't do the deal where they get one week in jail. These are terrorists. These are terrorists. They're looking to do bad things to our country. They're Antifa and they're radical left. And the reason you have other radicals is because they've been watching this for years, many years, and they don't like it. And go back and study Occupy Wall Street, because you'll see the way that ended was the thing of beauty. Everybody said, I can't believe how easy it was. It was an hour of bedlam. But when it was all over, it was a beautiful thing. And that's the way it has to end for you, all right, Secretary of Defense. Thank you, Mr. President. I can build on your comments and uh, Attorney General's comments to give some quick stats. So, of course, Department of Defense remains in full support of the state, the states, the governors, the Department of Justice, federal law enforcement. Right now, we have 17,000 folks deployed in the National Guard in 29 states. But I will tell you, the bulk of the states have fewer than 200 people fewer than 200 people deployed in the bulk of the states that call it their guard. So as the president and the AG have rightly pointed out, uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota has done a fantastic job. Uh, by Saturday morning, after uh, uh, the chairman told chiefs of staff and I spoke to the governor, they increased their presence tenfold. And I think the evidence was uh, 
I agree. We need to dominate the battle space. Uh, you have deep resources in the Guard. I stand ready. The Chairman stands ready. The head of the National Guard stands ready to fully support you in terms of helping mobilize the Guard and doing what they need to do. Uh, again, most of the Guard has not been called up. There's only a few states. In fact, I count two states where more than 1,000 troops have been called up. I think the sooner that you mass and dominate the battle space, the quicker uh, this dissipates and, uh, and we can get back to a, 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 the right normal. Sure. I don't know what it is politically when you don't want to call out people. They're ready, willing, and able. They want to fight for the country. I don't know what it is. Someday you'll have to explain it to me. But it takes so long to call them up. We're waiting for you. We're shocked in certain areas, L.A. We're shocked that you're not using the greatest resource you can use, and they're trained for this stuff, and they're incredible. Why you're not calling them up? I don't know, but you're making a mistake because you're making yourself look like look like fools. And some have done a great job. A lot of you, it's not uh, it's not good. It's very bad for our country. You know, when other countries watch this, they're watching us and they say, "Boy, they're really a pushover," and we can't be a pushover. And you have all the resources. It's not like you don't have the resources. So I don't know what you're doing. Uh, we'll take some questions if you want. Uh, I think. Uh, Tim is on the phone now. Tim Walls, again, I was very happy with uh, the last couple of days, Tim. You called up big numbers, and the big numbers knocked them out so fast it was like uh, bowling pins. All right. Uh, anybody, it's, uh, I guess it's hashtag two, right? Hashtag two, I think. Uh, so that's the governors on audio, governors on any hashtag two. Anybody want to speak? Brian is up there. Brian, you want to speak? Georgia, Brian Kemp. Hey, good morning, Mr. President. Um, I can just give you a quick update. Uh, I'll probably do this as fast as I can from starting with Friday night. Uh, we have been talking to the city of Atlanta in preparation to support peaceful protests, but also protect the lives and the property of the citizens in Atlanta and around the state of Georgia. But also, uh, we had the mindset um, to take strong actions against the disruptors. We had 500 guard called up and ready to support as well as uh, the whole team we had in our state operations center, which we activated. We had the Georgia State Patrol, the Georgia National Guard, the Department of Natural, Natural Resource uh, team of rangers, and then we used our Department of Corrections, Department of Juvenile Justice, and Department of Community Supervision. They all have uh, post-certified offices, two of those have uh, incident response teams that they use to call uh, prison disruptions, and those people are really good at doing that. So we had all of those teams standing by to help uh, Friday night. It became evident that APD needed our help, and we went in there and um, I think did a good job in a really tough situation to calm things down. And then Saturday, we uh, worked with their whole team. We had a, a major from the Atlanta Police Department embedded in our state operations center. We had one of our people in their operations center, so we had constant communications. And I, I was in the state ops center um, all three nights for a very long time, so I got to see this firsthand. But that coordination that we were able to have with the locals, with the guard, the state patrol and all our other resources, as well as having uh, surveillance of, of in the air, especially Saturday night, was was awesome. And we had a lot of people that 
did the right thing. We supported them in the peaceful protest. And when the curfew hit, they went home. And what we saw was the disruptor stay. And so you knew those were the people that we were going to have to deal with. And that's what we did uh, over the weekend. Just two other things real quick. We did see in Savannah last night we were getting intel that a lot of the instigators um, in Charleston, South Carolina, on uh, Saturday night were coming to Savannah on uh, last night. So we were watching for that. Uh, we got in place early, so as the Attorney General was correct in saying, we could watch for those folks that you knew uh, were professionals, if you will. Uh, we knew that they were dropping uh, supplies in area parks. We were surveilling that. They ended up moving those because they, they figured out we were watching them. And just because I think we were there early and really in those type of people, that whole thing down there, I think they only arrested 10 people. And the first person they arrested was from out of state. Um, the last thing I would tell you is the Georgia National Guard medic team uh, most likely saved the Atlanta police officer's life uh, last night when he got rammed by a, a, a disruptor on a four-wheeler, and uh, they put a tourniquet on him and, and helped get to the hospital, and it was uh, great to see that. So thank you for okay. uh, for your support of the Guard. Thank you, Brian, very much, and you did a good job. That It looked like uh, Atlanta was a much different place with a little time, so that's good. That first night was pretty rough. Uh, Tim Waltz, I don't know if you've left yet for your conference. I know you have a conference. You were the one that uh, did have a conference. Uh, is Tim there? Because I'd like to maybe have him explain the difference between the beginning and the end. Uh, and then yeah, uh, to come back. Tim, are you there? I am. Thank you, Mr. President. I want to give a thank you to Secretary Esther and General Milley for your, for your strategic guidance. Um, very helpful. Uh, yeah, I, our, our city is, is grieving and in pain. And I would just say, as far as the the potential, the, the peaceful protesters are expressing a, an outrage that, that is real. They witnessed eight minutes of a man dying in front of them. Um, that part of it then, of course, sparked uh, the civil unrest where there were actors. And I, I would like to believe they were from all out of state here in Minnesota, but they're not. They're homegrown. This was an issue that this happened with the Minneapolis Police Department. But once that started to spin, the... Um, the, the idea that when you saw this happen in the first few days, I don't believe anybody would have had a big enough force to do this. When we mobilized then into Thursday and Friday, I had mobilized, as the, the president was saying, our secretary was saying, about 750 to 1,000 is what we could get of National Guard onto the, the scene. It was one of our biggest mobilizations uh, in, in state history for civil rights or civil disobedience. Um, and we were still overwhelmed. At that point in time, I did something unprecedented. I mobilized the entire Minnesota National Guard, and that's what the president was alluding to with the, the size of the force was capable. But I think, again, Mr. President, I, I, you, you asked on explaining this, I would just say, um, it's going to be very difficult. There are bad actors in this, but there is such a legitimate anger. And here, our problem is going to be if we cannot maintain this posture, we do not have the resources to maintain the posture, and we're going to have to transition back. Our real dilemma here is, is the transition back is to the catalyst that sparked this across the country, and that was what happened with the Minneapolis Police Department. So what we did a lot of this, what you saw yesterday, was engaging civic leaders and, and the peaceful protest. And I, I would just close with 
Um, I think the guidance is that you got to get a handle on it with that force. That, that is absolutely correct. And then the transition in the next phase is trying to give those spaces for the peaceful protest. And, and I'm happy to do things that we have to look at of, of how do we get reforms. And, and just as a feel-good story that was a tragedy that I'm still sick over that we avoided was the truck speeding down the highway towards thousands of protesters. Um, at that point in time, you do not know that was a fuel truck of whether it was going to be intentional. As it turned out, it was a, it was a confused and scared driver who didn't want to leave the interstate, went into that. Um, as you saw, he was pulled out of the vehicle. Some of you recall the horrific events during Rodney King, but the truck driver last night when he's under arrest and, but he was interviewed, he, he said that that crowd, the vast majority of them protected him and, and pulled him in, which de-escalated the situation. And as the president said, last night was calm and flight. So thank you for that. But Tim, it showed the incredible difference between your great state uh, yesterday and the day before compared to the first few days, which was just a Absolutely. Minnesota Guard. Mass matters. 
uh, and, and to dominate the battle space, put them in fixed sites, fixed site security at key points in the ground, and you have the police as mobile forces who do the arresting of law enforcement. It's a very effective technique. It's been used for years in the past. Uh, we have activated uh, National Guard in support of uh, civil authorities uh, on average for civil disturbances one every three years in the last 100 years. Uh, so it's a very effective technique, strongly encouraged uh, to mobilize and start alerting today as many guards as you think you need uh, in order to uh, establish law and order in various cities. Fifty-five cities had protests. Uh, Fifty-four of five cities had protests in the last 24 hours, uh, and 22 of them were violent at moderate to severe levels. Uh, but the rest were peaceful, and the rest were peaceful because there was uh, good law and order on the streets. So strongly encouraged to use the National Guard to get as many boots on the ground as you can muster. So we automatically have our experiment, and that's, I hate to say it, Minnesota. You had the first part, which was weak and pathetic, and you had the second part, which was domination. And those guys probably have largely left. They've gone to one of your cities or one of your states uh, because they're not getting anywhere in Minnesota anymore. So you have that perfect contrast of Minnesota phase one, Minnesota phase two. It's a beautiful thing to watch. It just can't be any better. There's no experiment needed. You don't have to do tests. All right. Uh, go ahead. Hashtag two, please. Anybody? Governor Mills, your line is now open. Mr. President, this is Janet Mills, Governor of the great state of Maine. Thank you for the call and the information, and thank you to Attorney General Barr and Mr. Secretary and uh, General Mass. Uh, I have two questions uh, and one comment, perhaps. One is you, inter you, you mentioned, somebody mentioned some intelligence regarding the source of the protest and the, the bad actors and professional instigators. As a prosecutor for more than 20 years in the state of Maine, a former attorney general, a former district attorney for three counties, I would be very interested in knowing the intel so that we can prepare in advance for any uh, insurgents or any professional instigators. We haven't seen that yet in my state that I know of, but I would love to get the intel that you uh, appear, appear to have access to regarding who these uh, individuals are who are the bad actors and professional instigators. Secondly, um, Attorney General Barr, you mentioned uh, arresting for federal violations of federal law and uh, charging people federally. I would be interested to know what federal statutes we would rely on for, for, for uh, prosecutions, arrests and prosecutions for violations of federal law. Um, and those, are my, those are my questions. And my comment is, Mr. President, I'm very concerned, quite frankly, that uh, we understand you may be coming to the state of Maine later this week. Uh, I'm very concerned that your presence may cause security problems for us. We don't, don't have them yet, um, so I'm concerned about that. Thank you. All right, we'll look, we'll look into that. Uh, we have a tremendous crowd of people showing up, as you know, and uh, I think most of them are very favorable. They like, they like their president, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll talk to you about that, certainly. Uh, as far as uh, intelligence, we do have intelligence uh, information, and uh, we'll present it to the appropriate people. I'd like to turn that around, though. If you hear anything, let us know. Report it to the Attorney General. Of course, and, I believe I'm the appropriate person to receive that information. I would really like to have it. Thank you. Uh, or, 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 by the way, you, know, you can prosecute very easily, frankly, more easily. But if you prosecute, the 
the level will go down very rapidly. So go ahead. Yeah, obviously we're gonna we will be sharing intelligence uh, uh, with all our state and local partners through the joint uh, terrorist task forces. Uh, so anything pertinent to Maine, uh, we would direct your way through that mechanism. Uh, and I know your people are tied into that. Uh, as to federal offenses, there are many different federal offenses uh, that uh, that emerge in rioting situations. Two of the most common are anyone who crosses state lines to engage in federal offense, uh, to incite, to participate in, to encourage, and so forth. Uh, or anyone who uses any interstate facility, including telecommunications, vehicles, roads, whatever, uh, uh, in connection with uh, participating and encouraging writing. Those are two federal offenses that commonly come into play. But there are many others. So Phil Murphy did a very good job in uh, New Jersey, which is interesting because you had very little problem. You did call up a lot of a lot of good law enforcement, and you had a lot of good uh, law enforcement. Phil, I think you're there. Phil Murphy, New Jersey. Yes, Mr. President, can you hear me? Yes. Uh, good good, uh, good morning to each of you. Uh, Honored to be with you. you know, we had about 30 protests over the weekend. The, the, the Attorney General said it exactly right. Uh, the biggest one was in Newark, but there were about 30. And we batted 28 out of 30. Uh, there was some disturbances in both Atlantic City and Trenton, uh, but by the scales, based on what we see on television, these were, uh, while unfortunate, were not, were not big, were not big scale events. We've got no philosophical issue whatsoever uh, using or not using the National Guard. It just so happens that so far, Superintendent of State Police is recognizing Colonel Pat Callahan. State Police and local police have been able to keep it within our range so far. We've got about nine, looks like nine more in these scheduled for today. Uh, the, at least the organizers are explaining these are peaceful in nature and we're going to make sure we'll get the police there to, to ensure that that's the case and protect the community and allow folks uh, to express their, uh, their their protests, which which we have no issue with. We just want to make sure it's peaceful. Uh, but so far, so good, Mr. President. I want to change it, but so far, so good. I appreciate it very much. Really good, and, and congratulations so far. I have to say so far. Thank you, sir. Keep it going. Keep it going. Uh, Doug Ducey, Arizona, please. Doug? Yes, thank you very much, Mr. President. Uh, y yesterday we met with community leaders from around the state, heard all of their concerns. Uh, I know that we can, can, can do better both statewide and federally as well. Now, Phoenix is our fifth uh, largest metropolitan area in the entire country, and we've learned some lessons over the last three days. First, the, the more aggressive approach does work. We wanted peaceful protesters to be able to exercise their First Amendment rights. Uh, we had a tough time after the sun went down figuring out who was the peaceful protester and who was the person that was going to cause trouble, destroy, destroy property, or begin violent actions. I put out a statewide uh, emergency yesterday, and we put out a statewide curfew for 8 p.m., and we did that because of what we saw the night before. 
Phoenix Police Department, Department of Public Safety, did a great job stopping uh, the, the unlawful part of, of, of the protest became riotous, but it morphed into Scottsdale, was rumored to go to Chandler or uh, to the west side. So we put out the statewide curfew. We called up the National Guard in force. We got all of our mayors, all of our police chiefs on board, and last night was a very quiet and peaceful night in the state of Arizona. That's what I saw. I saw that big difference. Good job, Doug. Thank you very much. Thank you. Great job. Big difference. Uh, John Bell Edwards. John Bell, are you there? Yes, President, first of all, thank you very much for the meeting and for, and for the call. Uh, we've had about a dozen protests. Uh, I think a grand total of about two arrests of individuals. Um, it's been relatively peaceful here. We have engaged uh, the uh, African-American faith community primarily, but also leaders across the state of Louisiana. Um, we've been able to respond thus far uh, with the city police departments, the sheriff's offices of the various parishes, and the state police. Obviously, we have the National Guard here uh, and, and can use them if necessary. We have, and particularly with the benefit for us, we went through uh, in 2016 uh, several weeks of, of very heavy protests, almost all of which were peaceful. About, uh, and so we, we, we've kept up those communications uh, with the various communities. And thus far, we're, we're in good shape uh, with respect to this. From a dime, uh, and we know that in 2016, most of the problems came from people who were bust in from out of state. It was not local homegrown folks who were the most violent uh, and extremists on our streets. And so that's where we can get some help from the federal government. If you all know uh, that there are individuals or groups out there that are intending to target Louisiana uh, in terms of coming in, uh, that would be very, very helpful. We are monitoring the Internet. We have our fusion center and so forth. But, if, uh, Mr. Attorney General, if you pick up on information like that, that would be very helpful if you would share it with Good. I appreciate that very much. And uh, likewise, though, if you have information as to groups, for instance, we had information last night. We got it where they're going to be loading a certain state. They're going to be loading. It's like a military operation. A certain state. We've already notified them. But they're going to be loading. It's like a... Uh, like we're talking about a war, which it is a war in a certain sense. And we're going to end it fast, so be tough. Thanks very much, yes, Jonathan. I appreciate you. it. Uh, Larry Hogan, please. Marilyn, Larry Hogan. Yeah, Mr. President, thank you very much. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for, uh, for agreeing to our request on extending Title 32. It couldn't be more timely uh, without talking about uh, everybody calling up the National Guard. And I, I couldn't agree more with all of the things that, uh, that you've said. Uh, we, we had this experience in Maryland in 2015 when we had the uh, riots in Baltimore, and we did exactly what you're recommending. Uh, the, the city police in Baltimore were somewhat overwhelmed, but within a matter of hours, we sent in 4,000 members of the National Guard and 1,000 additional police officers. We outnumbered the protesters and immediately calmed down the violence after the first few hours and then just allow peaceful protests for the rest of the week. And I think uh, that's, that's what was not happening in some of the cities, and I agree with kind of peace through strength. Uh, I think bringing up enough manpower instead of not letting anybody be overpowered the way they have been the past few days is, is exactly the right thing. Um, and we've, we've got 1,300 members of the Guard called up now. 
we haven't had any issues or problems yet. It's been mostly peaceful, I think, because they're at this point maybe afraid to take action in Baltimore. Uh, but we're watching to see if it breaks out again. Uh, but I, on the, uh, I, I had a call with many of the governors. I've been talking with all of them across the country. Everybody's saying the same thing about these out-of-town agitators. It seems to be very organized. Uh, and so this, the discussion that the Attorney General uh, is talking about, uh, the crossing line of state lines, federal crimes, the sharing of information and intelligence, critically important to all the governors is something we all are focused on. It's difficult in some of these cities with the prosecutors we have and the judges we have to get convictions even on violent crimes, let alone these kinds of things. So federal federal charges uh, with U.S. attorneys going to federal court, sharing of intelligence, all of that I think is, is, is very, very helpful to all the governors. So we, we, we appreciate all the efforts. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Larry. They are professional anarchists in many cases, and uh, they're leading a group of a lot more people than them, and these are easily led people. But they're and, and, and I'll just point out, Mr. President, we had those in Baltimore uh, in 2015. This is not new. Like you pointed out, Occupy Wall Street. We had a lot of peaceful demonstrators back in uh, 2015. I've only been governor for 90 days, but troublemakers. We're all from out of town, all organized, professional agitators. I don't know if it's the same group or different groups, but they were former Occupy Wall Street uh, folks back then. So they've just continued to hone their craft and get better and spread That's right. Better. That's right. And, you know, when they uh, have bricks, you know, they come armed with bricks. And they have bricks and rocks, big rocks, and they have other things, and they throw them. You know, you're allowed to fight back. You don't have to have a brick hit you in the face and you don't do anything about it. You are allowed to fight back. Now, I'm not asking my attorney general, perhaps he'll stop me from saying that, but I would think, Bill, that if a brick is thrown at somebody and it hits him, or maybe if it doesn't hit him, the, your, your very tough, strong, powerful people are allowed to fight back against that guy. Uh, and very strongly and powerfully, that's what I think. I saw what they did to the kid in Dallas, and that was a disgrace. That was a disgrace. That should have been stopped. I've never seen anybody take such punishment. And I don't know, I guess maybe he's not going to live. But I saw what happened. Uh, I saw what happened to that kid. I've never seen it. Nobody talks about it. Nobody even mentions it. I never. But we, uh, all of that stuff, it can't, it can't happen. But I know when you're doing well because I haven't seen Maryland on television, and that's good when you're not on television. They're only well, uh, We don't want to be on television again, but... Yeah, what you're talking about with the injuries, uh, we had 137 police and firefighters injured in the first few hours of that disturbance in 2015, and we sent in the guard and all those police officers, and we not a single person was hurt for the rest of the week. No more violence. So it's powerful forces uh, with showing restraint, but uh, I think showing those troops, people start to scatter. Well, thank you very much, Larry. That's good. Hashtag two if anyone wants to call in. Hashtag two. Governor Polis. Go ahead. Mr. President, can you hear me? It's Jim Justice in West Virginia. Yes, I can, Jim. All I would say to you is if it it comes to pass, uh, some states would rather you didn't come there, you come to West Virginia because you're a blooming hero here, and, and, and we'll protect you in every way, and there won't be any disturbance whatsoever. You know, when it really boils right down to it, we've had some real peaceful protests. We welcome them. 
But absolutely, we're not going to have a problem here because, first and foremost, I'm not going to put up with it. There is no way. There is no way. Instantaneously, we'll call in the guard or do whatever we've got to do. But I am just exactly like you, and have, and, and, and I'm not going to put up with this. Well, that sounds a lot different than the governor of Maine. That's very good. You know, she's uh, she tried to talk me out of it. Now I think she probably talked me into it. She just doesn't understand me very well. But that's okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate it very much, Jim. You know, we have a, uh, a situation. I was thinking about calling a number of you with flag burning. I'm not a, I'm not a believer in flag burning. And I would think that if a state wanted to try and pass a law, you're not allowed to burn flags with a certain punishment, strong punishment, I would think that the United States government would be backing you up all the way. So you're all on the phone right now. And uh, I would think that the United States government would love to see somebody go and do that, because I think flag burning is a disgrace. And it, it passed last time, as you know, against, against what a lot of people want. Uh, it passed five to four, and we have a different court. Uh, and I think that it's uh, time to review that again, because when I see flags being burned, they wanted to crawl up uh, flagpoles in Washington and try and burn flags, but we stopped them. We, they weren't able to do it, but they would have done it if we didn't stop them. I think it's time to relook at that issue. Hopefully the Supreme Court will accept that. But if you have a state where you feel strongly, and many of you do, most of you do, I'll bet, uh, if you wanted to try and pass a very powerful flag-burning statute against anti-flag burning, uh, I hope you do it because we'll back you 100% all the way. Okay? So I hope some of you do it. All right, uh, go ahead. Hashtag two, please. Governor Polis, your line is now open. Howdy, uh, hey, this is uh, Jared Polis. Am I on? What? Hi, everybody. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, we are in, uh, in Colorado. We uh, uh, sort of wanted to, this is affected. Uh, we were able to use the National Guard and, uh, they're very amazing folks, and I want to thank you for renewing their service. Uh, you know, as you know, they get beyond the 89 days, they get their benefits. So we, we owe that to them. They're testing for coronavirus. They're defending our cities. Uh, it's, it's all incredibly important. I just want to add the public health side to this. One of the things we did is we distributed masks to some of the peaceful protesters. I don't know if others had that experience, but obviously we're concerned with the size of the gatherings. Some were doing social distance, some weren't. But uh, encouraging that message, we are also testing uh, community testing clinics freely available. We spend the criteria. Anybody who went to the peaceful protest can get tested next weekend, so after the incubation period. But we're all worried, Mr. President, that this could be some kind of setback, you know, to the reopening and to everything going on because you had tens of thousands of people, some of which were doing social distancing, some of which weren't. But um, I just wanted to encourage others to provide masks, offer testing, all of those things. This is for the peaceful protesters. Obviously, we're, we're using the, uh, the National Guard at protecting our buildings. And uh, we just had a handful of arrests. We didn't see a large-scale infiltration, but we did see some people that wanted to use these protests to further their own agenda of anarchy or whatever it is and, and get bad and bad folks in there, too. So I just wanted to pass along that public health piece and encourage everybody to be responsible on that side, too. Thank you very much, Governor. Thank you. It's great to have you at the White House last week, too. Henry McMaster. I think I hear Henry McMaster on the line. He's talking to his people, which I think is much more important than talking to us, Henry, because I know what you're doing. You get, you get them ready. 
Thank you, Mr. President. I, I loved hearing what you were saying and also what the Attorney General was saying. It seems listening to the governors in telephone calls over the days and also what we've been saying today is I don't think we're prosecuting enough people. It seems to me that, uh, they, these folks, uh, they're just getting a, a 30 days or $500. That's just the cost of doing business. We know that we have organized people. We have... We're trying to figure out if, if we got some here. We, we think maybe we do. But we have a state grand jury that's just like the federal grand jury. To, to activate that and bring them before uh, that grand jury where we can investigate using the tools of the of the grand jury. We talked to our U.S. attorney, Peter McCoy. Uh, but everybody was on board, and uh, we really had a, a model uh, thing in, happening in the city of Charleston the, the first night they... They had one approach with a, a late 11 o'clock uh, uh, curfew, and they, they had a whole lot of violence. They were taking, a, I guess you'd say, a, a less confrontational approach, where, and they had a lot of damage on King Street, beautiful place. People were busting out windows in restaurants and throwing in uh, fire, big firecrackers on, landing on the tables of diners in that because there was no... No curfew, the diners were still there, and they were scaring everybody, and they were running out, and you had one fellow that pulled out a pistol, a, a civilian in the hotel, and shot fire, uh, fired shots in the air to scare off some, some of these, uh, some of the agitators. They are, a lot of them are from outside, there's no doubt about it, they're part of this Antifa, or whatever you call it. Uh, we arrested one man in Columbia, and he had a, a Glock pistol and a knapsack, and uh, 90 rounds of ammunition. Of course, we, we've got him locked up now and hope to be able to uh, get some information from him. But I think what you're saying is right. Is we, we have to make it more, make it more difficult. We've got to take these people out, take, give them justice, uh, make it more than just cost of doing business to come into one town, get arrested, pay bonds, get, and go to another town and do the same thing. Your other point... We had law enforcement uh, everywhere from Department of Corrections, Probation, Pardon, Parole, the State Law Enforcement Division, the City Police. We had county sheriffs coming in from the adjoining counties. And in the uh, in Charleston, uh, we had the, uh, had the National Guard there uh, uh, on uh, Sunday night, last night, and they had virtually no problems. We had the National Guard, the sheriff there, Al Cannon, says he's never seen such a police presence in his life. And it worked like a charm. I, I think it was just a handful of arrests. There's no damage. They had five Humvees uh, rolling around the city of Charleston. Uh, they're very peaceful. So uh, uh, strength uh, works. You have to dominate, as you said. And I, I think now is really the time to get serious about prosecuting these people, finding out where their organizations are, who's paying the money. But we even hear that some of them get a bonus if they get arrested. They were putting out the hands to get arrested. They wanted to be in the police telling them to get out of there. They didn't more arrest them. So that, that's uh, the state of it. We have to, I think we have to be, be careful, but we have to be tough. You don't have to be too careful. And I'll tell you, you have to do the prosecutions. If you don't do the prosecutions, they're uh, just going to be back. They're that's right. Back. Whether it's in two years or in two months, they're going to be back. And you got to do the prosecutions. And, you know, when somebody's throwing a rock, that's like shooting a gun. What's the difference between having a brick that weighs 10 pounds, hit somebody in the face, and wipe them out practically? We had a couple of people badly hurt, and there's no retribution. So you have to do retribution, in my opinion. Right. You have to use your own uh, 
legal system maybe for that, but you have great legal systems, everybody I'm speaking to. But if you want this to stop, you have to do that. But you have to prosecute people, Henry, you're right. Thank you very much. Uh, yes, hashtag Thank two, you. please. Thanks, Henry. Thanks. Hashtag two. Please go ahead, your line is not open. Can you hear me, Mr. Schilker? I can hear you. Not great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
we have to do it right. Many, many people. We honor, as you know, Mr. Floyd, and we honor many other people that have been badly hurt and, uh, and killed. And uh, the way we're going to do it, the way we're going to solve the problem is to be fair and be strong. You have to be strong. Use our National Guard. You're much better off with too many than too few. That's one thing we have found out. Too many is a good thing. Too few is unacceptable. So go out there and get them. Good luck tonight. And if you have any information, let us know, please. Thank you very much. That concludes our conference. Thank you to all of our speakers, and thank you all in the audience for joining us today. Again, this call is not intended for press purposes and is off the record. The call has concluded. You may disconnect. Can you believe this asshole? Can you imagine a human being less fit to be president? I can't. And people are dying because of his incompetence. His racist regime has to end. No president has been impeached twice, but if illegally threatening to use the military against American citizens is not grounds for impeachment, what the fuck is? Sorry Not Sorry is executive produced by Alyssa Milano. That's me. Our associate producer is Ben Jackson. Editing and engineering by Natasha Jacobs and music by Josh Cook, Alicia Evil, and Milo Bugliari. That's my boy. Please subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and spread the word. Sorry Not Sorry.